fun fact, I embarrass Dylan in public all the time. Welcome to Hey, Did You Ever See That Movie? I'm your host, Dez. And as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Lynn. What's up, y'all? I'm the last man on Earth. Shit's all fucked up. Don't forget to like and subscribe. That's right. And fresh off a meltdown after watching Don't Look Up, the podcaster with an opinion on Don't Look Up, Pat. We're all going to fucking die. (laughs) (laughs) Today, we will be discussing the 2021 Netflix original, Don't Look Up, written and directed by Adam McKay, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Meryl Streep, Kate Blanchett, Rob Morgan, and the great Jonah Hill. As always, this podcast will contain spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie, go watch it. Then come back and listen to the podcast. But before we get into it, let's run the trailer. You're here now. You're here now. You're here now. You're here now. You're now. Breathing is stressing me out. This will affect the entire planet. I know, but it's like so stressful. Can I get that one more ice water? I'll get two more glasses of white wine. And I don't need the judgy face. There's a comet headed directly towards Earth. Do you know how many the world is ending meetings we've had over the last two years? Drought, famine. Oh, the ozone is so boring. Dylan, would you like to give us the synopsis? Absolutely. Kate DiBiaschi, an astronomy grad student, and her professor, Dr. Mindy, make an astounding discovery of a comet orbiting within the solar system. The problem is that it's on a direct collision course with Earth. The other problem? No one really seems to care. With only six months until the comet makes impact, managing the 24-hour news cycle and gaining the attention of social media-obsessed public before it's too late proves shockingly comical. What will it take the world to just look up? I love it. It's going to take a lot because the world is fucking dumb. So, agreed. First question to Lynn How long did it take you to rewrite the word comet where I wrote meteor on the script? (laughs) 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 So, the thing is, is I actually looked up what's the difference between a comet and a meteor. And technically, a meteor is like a smaller object that enters our atmosphere and just burns up. And a comet is like the Hale-Bopp comet, like the thing that you see in the sky that goes by us and doesn't hit us. Right. Um, so technically, it's kind of the same thing. It's it's usually like ice and rock and and it's, flo- and it's you know, flying through space. It's in an orbit and it may or may not hit us. So it's kind of honestly interchangeable to a certain degree. I'm sure that there's a scientist out there that wants to stab me for saying that. But... Uh, kind of interchangeable to a certain degree, but I changed it because they kept calling it a meteor and then they would call it a comet. So I'm like, I don't know. It's it honestly, it's the same thing as far as well, I'm concerned. Thank you for that description, Kate. And I'd also like to thank you for keeping <laughs> math out of it. <clears throat> okay, yeah. so it is time for Dez's five fun and possibly fake facts where I will give you five facts. 
And for a change this week, one of these five facts will, in fact, be fake. And it will be up to my two co-hosts to decide which one it is. Hit me, so baby. Here we go. Fact number one. With a budget of $75 million and a box office total of under $1 million, you would think this was considered a flop, but quite the contrary, as it was Netflix's second most popular movie, as it received 4 million viewing hours on its debut and 360 million hours of viewing during its first 28 days. So this was actually a giant success. Number two. Jennifer Lawrence did, in fact, film this movie with a broken tooth and couldn't get it fixed until after shooting due to COVID restrictions, and they had to go back and then fix it in post-production. Uh, Timothy Chalamet's hair was a product of the pandemic. Timothy's character was not written to have long hair, but when McKay saw it, he decided he liked it for the character. Number four. The phones the characters used in the movie are actually called Hydrogens and are made by the company Red. The phone was a huge flop when they were released. And number five, Leonardo DiCaprio has a tattoo on the inside of his left thigh that says, don't look up. Okay, guys, which one of these facts is fake? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm going to I'm going to go first and I'm going to point out the obvious cuz it's the only one that sounds absolute like nonsense and that would be number 5. <laughs> Dylan, what do you think? Well, I know it's not number 3. I know that that's actually real. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to say number 4. Are you the, fucking the, kidding me? I don't know. I'm guessing. I don't know. Have you been, <laughs> have you been fucking eating red paint like on the side? Maybe. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Um, okay, it's the yeah. tattoo. <laughs> yeah, it's the tattoo. <laughs> Gee. Oh, God. Okay, we're off to a fucking great start. I thought that I made that one obvious enough, but... You and let me I say... Actually, I actually thought it might have been the second one when you said it. And then as I'm listening to him, I'm like, well, these sound plausible. And then you came to the fifth one. Yeah, And if you would sit a tattoo of anything <laughs> other than don't look up, I might have bought that too. On the inside of his thigh, no less. I mean, who knows? Like, you I know mean, what's really scary? Uh, what's really weird. scary is I actually know your mind well enough, Des, to know <laughs> that was the right one. Okay, so any of our listeners that didn't immediately know it was number five, Get help. Okay. Wow. Thanks. So <laughs> we're ready. Let's do it. Ay, 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 ay. Now that I've been Let insulted, be. I guess I'll start. <laughs> Let the horror begin. Our movie starts with Kate DiBiaschi, played by Jennifer Lawrence. She's an astronomy major using a large telescope at a University of Michigan. She realizes she's seeing something out of the new ordinary, a large comet. Realizing this is something not seen before, she contacts her professor, Dr. Randall Mindy, played by Leonardo DiCaprio. Their initial excitement at this rare find is suddenly dashed when they realize the meteor is on a direct collision course with Earth. It's the size of a mountain, and it's a planet killer. He relays what he knows to the Kennedy Space Center, and they contact Dr. Oglethorpe, played by Rob Morgan, of the Planetary Defense Coordination Office. It's confirmed that the meteor will, in fact, hit and destroy the Earth in six months and 14 days. Cool. So, <clears throat> fun fact. 
that actually is the planetary defense coordination. That is real. That is an actual place, and that is the actual uh, emblem for it. So I thought that was interesting. Do they do I, this though, kind of thing? They look out for me meteors and comets and stuff? Yeah, I mean, even though it, it said, you know, this is a real place, yes, I still thought that might be for the movie, but I looked into it, and it is actually a real place. And uh, tell me that Kate's toast and coffee didn't look nice. After I watched this again this week, I was like, I'm going to start having a piece of toast and a little jelly with my coffee in the morning. And I have done so now every day since watching this for the podcast. Oh, God, please tell me you're kidding. <laughs> no, I'm not. And I would also like to say I have seen this movie probably since it came out maybe 50 times. I, I'm not going to tell you if I like it or I watch it because I, I love binge hating movies. But, uh, yeah, I've seen this movie several times. <laughs> yeah, mild, putting it mildly. Yeah. Um, I also thought that um, this character that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was playing, I thought Leonardo was brilliant in this one. And I think he was definitely borrowing from his character of Dom Cobb out of Inception. I was seeing a lot of Dom Cobb in this character, but it wasn't the same character. But he was definitely borrowing from that which I thought was cool because I'm a huge Inception fan. So, yeah. I don't know if I saw that, but I mean, again, I haven't seen Inception in, in as many times as you have. So you obviously are more in tune with that. Fun but fact, I I've seen like... Inception 10,000 times. <laughs> I felt like um, the doctor was a little bit of a, of a bumbler. Like, yeah, he's a, you know, but he's like a, University of Michigan dude just like kind of like doing his math and you know he he doesn't expect to be put in in this spotlight kind of a thing right. so he kind of seems almost inept because no, that's not his I, world I yeah but he's brilliant I mean he's clearly a brilliant scientist I don't mean inept so uh, scientifically I mean okay. inept socially yeah and you can see that mental illness runs deep in his family because you know later in the movie when he calls home and he's asked his son you know where are you today he's like well I'm at a four <laughs> And he was like, a four, well, that's better than last week, you know? Yeah, yeah. So the mids are working, the kid says. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Pat? Yeah. Okay, I enjoyed Leonardo DiCaprio's performance very much. Mm. He's, he played the neurotic, anxiety-pained scientist very well. Right. Uh, the way he couldn't. He couldn't control his breathing at certain points in the movie. <laughs> and it's like he wanted to keel over a few times. It was so overwhelming that it's like he just couldn't process it. Right. it. But yeah. I enjoyed his character very much. Yeah. Now I'm also going to say how much I enjoyed Jennifer Lawrence's uh, performance in this movie as well. Brilliant. Like, Absolutely. Because, because here's the thing. like I know her from... The Hunger Games. I know her from the X-Men movies. I know her from other movies she's been in. And I forget that's her when I watch this movie. So, oh, yeah. you know, for yeah. me to kind of like really check out almost on the fact that that's Jennifer Lawrence, you know, like, and I believe she's this girl, Kate. Yeah. And she's very beautiful in real life. And in this movie, they really dressed her down with that bad haircut and the dumpy clothes. And yeah, same thing. It just took me right out of it to where I just believe she was the character she was playing. I thought it was a brilliant performance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She was the most relatable. I'm sure this will surprise some people. She was the most relatable character to me 
because she was pretty much pissed off the entire time. <laughs> yeah, no, the the, uh, the most relatable character to me obviously was Dr. Mindy because, uh, fun fact, I'm crazy. So. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> I believe that's a real fact, too. <laughs> oh, that is not false. <laughs> oh, God. Not a fake fact. Uh, so right. So I, I love what I want to say too. I also love that, you know, when he's in front of the class of uh, students and, you know, they're doing the calculations on the meteor and only he and um, Kate realize what's going on as he's doing these calculations. And the rest of the students are not uh, picking up on what's going on, which shows that, you know, Kate is almost on the same level with Professor Mindy. She's yeah, I mean, she's off, a doctorate yeah. candidate, which means she's literally steps away from becoming a doctor herself. Yeah, That's she's what that gifted. Means. She's yeah, gifted. And I quite frankly thought that both her and his reaction, like the, the acting that was done, it's like you can almost see the blood drain from their face mm -hmm. when they realize this fucking meteor is coming directly at us and it's a 0.0, .0 chance it's going to hit us. Like it's going to hit us. Like, yeah. and you can see like, her putting two to two together as he's staring at the board and not, and like with his back to them, not moving and the yeah. blood is draining from his face. And I was like, wow, that was really good acting. Cause like you feel that dread. Absolutely. And you'll notice before he puts the last zero on the board, he wipes it with his thumb and says, yes. I can't figure this out tonight, guys. We're going to have to come back to it. Everybody take off. Kate, hang out. Yeah. You stay. And we're going to get a few more of these scenes with the both of them. Um, there is one in particular I'll talk about when they're in the uh, green room for the TV show where Kate and Dr. Mindy are saying a ton with their facial expressions and I'm just like, I'm loving it. So yeah. Yeah. yeah good opening scene. Absolutely. So Dr. Mindy and Kate are flown to Washington, D.C. aboard a military cargo plane. At this point in the movie, Kate start getting high a lot, something our guest Pat can relate to. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> After arriving in Washington and meeting Dr. Oglethorpe, who they are instructed to call Teddy, they're made to wait for hours in the White House. Also, I would like to say, uh, what's his name that runs, uh, that played Dr. Oglethorpe? His name is... Rob Morgan. Uh, Rob Morgan. Thank you very much. I thought I put it in here, but I must have missed it. Okay. But he deserves a shout out. So uh, they're instructed to call him Teddy. They're made to wait for hours in the White House. It's clear the news they're coming with is not being treated seriously. And they're told to come back tomorrow after being treated rudely by the president's son, Jason, played by Jonah Hill. Oh, after a night God. in a shitty hotel, the White House puts them in. They return to meet with the very unimpressed Pre President Orlean, played by Meryl Streep and her staff. And they're telling him that the earth will be destroyed in six months and 13 days. When Professor Mindy and Kate realize their warnings are falling on deaf ears, they decide to take the information to the New York Herald so that the public will hear about it. And honestly, in this little portion that I just read off, one of the craziest scenes that happens in the entire movie happens here. It's when the like four-star general charges them 10 bucks a piece for like a bag of Cheez-Its and a bottle of water. And oh, then yeah. they later find out that <clears throat> they're free. It's fucking great. And he, and not only that, Dr. Ogilvy doesn't have change and he takes the 20. <laughs> <laughs> He does, right? Oglethorpe. Yeah. You don't call yeah. him Ogilvy. Oglethorpe. Ogilthorpe. It's going <laughs> to be Ogilvy. Anytime oh, yeah, I say, it is. I'm going with Ogilvy. Fun fact, his name is not Ogilvy. 
<laughs> this is true. And I had to change it 18 times in the script because you called him Ogilvy <laughs> through the entire script. <laughs> oh my God. Um, I, I, awesome. I love this whole, I love this whole thing. I love because, you know, Dr. Mindy, he's freaking out because he's like, is this fucking real? And you're seeing him having his first meltdown. And, you know, then they go to this giant airplane and, you know, he says, hi, I'm Dr. Mindy. And this is, you know, Dr. Thing, uh, Kate. And the guy's like, just get on the plane. You know, he's like this military guy. He's like, go, go, go. And, uh, you know, they get on this giant fucking cargo plane. He's like, oh, is there any particular place we should be sitting? And the thing just goes up. <laughs> <clears throat> I thought that was all great. I thought all the stuff inside the White House was really great. I love when he breaks the Xanax off and he. No, I only take a quarter and he puts the rest on his thigh and Kate grabs it and eats it. And he looks over at it and he's like, oh, you, you should really be careful with that much. <laughs> it's, fucking, it's fucking brilliant. It really is. It's fucking great. And also, I really appreciate the um, the stylistic ch choices that this movie makes. Uh, it's unusual. Like, uh, first of all, you make it quite a bit through this movie before you get to the title. And yeah. also the fact that like, you know, she's like, are we going to tell the president that we're all about to die? Like, is that what we're doing here? And he's like, yeah, yep, that's what we're doing here. And she starts hitting him and pointing at the trash can. And just as she roused into the trash can, it's like, don't look up. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's funny because the um, the montage of the uh, actors in this, when they finally run that, mm -hmm. is almost identical to another Leonardo DiCaprio movie that is called um, Catch Me If You Can. Yes. It's done <clears throat> it's done very similar to that. Yeah, and, I think that uh, was kind of done in like a 60s vibe. I think that's why they used it in that movie. Yeah, and uh it's really funny too, you know, they're they're wondering why they're not being taken seriously and brought right in to see the president. They see they're giving the fucking secretary like a little birthday party. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, Pat, what do you think of these opening scenes? I made a same note. They're 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 hauled out of their homes, they're thrown onto a military cargo plane. They're not told anything. They end up at the White House because they're going to tell the president what they've discovered and how critical this is for her to hear this. Mm -hmm. And that snot son of the president, <laughs> as the chief of staff, tells them, you got to hang on. Give me five minutes. We've got an issue. And then you hear happy birthday. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Yeah. These people are getting ready to give the president critical world ending information and they have to hold on for a birthday party. Yes. Um, I Jonah Hill, one of my favorites. I love him in fucking everything he's done. I think he just keeps getting better. And I actually watched a movie uh, yesterday that he's in with Eddie Murphy. Um, what's the name you of people. That? You people. Very funny. I mean, it's a rom-com, so I know Pat probably wouldn't enjoy it, but I thought it was very funny, and Eddie Murphy was in rare form in that one. He played a phenomenal character. It's very similar to a movie with uh, Aston Kutcher and Bernie Mac, I want to say. Oh, yeah. Called, called uh, Guess Who. So, yeah, really funny. I, I Just check it out if you haven't seen it. All right. So at the Bash Symposium, billionaire owner and total freak show, Sir Peter Isherwell, played by Mark <laughs> Rylance, is unveiling his new creepy cell phone. Somehow he gets his hands on the information about the comet, despite the White House deciding to keep it quiet. At the New York Herald, Professor Mindy and Kate are telling them everything they know. 
The Herald agrees it's important to get this information to the public and decides to run a story. They also want Kate and Dr. Mindy to go on a TV show called The Daily Rip. On the show, no one seems to take them seriously. The talk is more focused on a pop star breaking up with her boyfriend. Kate has a meltdown on the air, screaming that everyone's going to die. And instead of the public panicking, they start making memes of Kate. The government spins the story to make Professor Mindy and Kate look like alarmists. This causes the Herald to drop the story and Kate's trash rag journalist boyfriend to dump her through writing a tabloid article about her. And I want to punch him in the throat. <laughs> Pat, <laughs> what'd you think? Who? Pat, Pat what'd you think? Okay. You, your name's Pat, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, was I was laughing just... when you said my name, so obviously I did not hear you. <laughs> I was just making sure. Okay. Um, first off, where the hell did they find this character, Peter Isherwell? Oh, so good. He... I, I, he was like a super overdramatized Mr. Rogers. <laughs> the way he spoke, and this might offend, but oh, he didn't seem smart enough to be where he was. Right. I know it's a parody on the Apple CEO, and uh, when they had their uh, unveiling of their new operating systems and their new devices. But this guy struck me as somebody who wasn't smart enough to tie his own shoes. Yeah. To me, it was almost more like he was so smart that nobody yeah. ever questioned him. So mm -hmm. everyone just assumed that what he said was correct. And, you know, like later on in the movie, they're like, well, has this been peer reviewed? And everyone's like, no, because they just all take him at face value that what he's saying is the thing. And, Which is astonishing. Yeah, so it's like it's like that's dangerous. You cannot just like when it comes to science, when it comes to things like that, you need to be peer reviewed. You need to have people that double check and fact check and make sure things work. And you you know you test it over and over again before you throw it up into space. You know, but um, you know the thing about like don't make direct eye contact at him. Don't <sighs> don't so um don't make angry faces at him. Don't make don't, sudden movements. No sudden movements. It's like oh my god. <laughs> I love that. And I love when the little girl is like, can I say something? He's like, uh, no. <laughs> so good. Yeah, I, I love this. I, I love, love this character. And what I love about this movie is <clears throat> this is, in my opinion, exactly, exactly how this nation would react to this information. And it also shows that if you have enough money, like a guy like Bill Gates, you have a lot of pull in this country. And at the end of the day, this guy makes the final call above the president. Oh, yeah. He Which is, is got, so sad. But I mean, this is this is big business. I mean, this guy is probably like the richest man in the world or very close to it. And I believe I that people. The, the influence he has because of his money, I don't think is uh, fictional. I, I mean, I think this is a real thing. Yeah. To a point. To a point. You know, I'm not wearing a tinfoil hat here, but I am. No, but you also have to understand that people that have a lot of money have a lot of pull because they've got a lot of money. And a lot sure. of times politicians are working on donations and working on benefactors, you know? Yeah, and, definitely. you know, they can be bought, unfortunately, you know, and that's a very sad reality of the way our government works. You know, it's a capitalist society and that's how it works. Mm -hmm. So, um, unfortunately, for those of us who aren't multi-billionaires, you don't really have a voice. 
you know? What's amazing is this movie was written before COVID hit. Um, It was filmed during COVID, but it was written before COVID. And I I would have bet, I would have bet everything I own that this script was written, you know, about COVID basically and about how it polarized this country into like two people on, you know, opposite sides of the fence, families being split, friends at each other's throats, you know, two political parties that were always on different sides of the fence, but now are like, it's like a WWF show. Like it's a SmackDown between Republicans and Democrats. It's almost like, you know, you turn on any news channel and it's he said, she said, man, I'm telling and I'm telling mom and I'm, and it's just become this fucking, like I'm about to become Professor Mindy at the end. Like I could literally pop a fucking circuit right now with how immature the nation is and people are and just fuck man. Yeah. This movie hit the nail on the head. And uh, I want to say one more thing. I believe (laughs) that I believe that the human race was not evolved enough for the internet and especially the way we have it today. Um, It made us, uh, I mean, it just brought out the worst in everybody. I hate to say it. I mean, not everybody, but as a, as a, a yeah, it, we just weren't ready for it. Just fucked people up. Yes. Anyway. Can I build off that? Oh, please do. Oh, I know you're waiting for this. Let's, <laughs> let's go back a minute because I had to make note of this because it was absolutely absurd. The president comes clean about smoking. Yeah. And when she stops hiding, her poll numbers go up. Yeah. Because now she's the president who smokes and she's not hiding it. In what reality does this happen? (laughs) There is absolutely no way that is going to happen in our reality. Um... I don't know, man. I, I honestly don't know. I think that if it came out that, you know, Bush was a, I mean, not Bush, that uh, Biden was a closet smoker, I bet there'd be people on, you know, the internet like, you know, disempowers people that smoke that have been impressed and they're forced to sit out in their cars and outside <laughs> and not allowed to smoke in restaurants. This is like, you know, taking us back to the, I mean, yeah. We'd be hearing about the, the persecuted smokers of the world. Oh, and that's brilliant. They'd come up in arms to support our smoking president. I mean, who the fuck knows at this point, right? I thought you I were going to be the one losing your mind. Because in this day and age, being a smoker, yeah, smoking is looked upon as the most vile habit someone can have. Oh, God. It is looked down on oh, yeah. by Heroin addicts. With good reason. It's a dirty habit. Okay. I'm not denying that. <laughs> That's why we don't have video. Pat, if um if uh being a smoker would give you political power, you would be the fucking czar of the world. Oh god, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I won't debate that. I won't debate that. Oh I'm smoking now. You'd have your own money. You'd have money with your, there'd be money with your face on it. <laughs> Smoking. Okay. Yeah. I, let's not, let's stay off. That <laughs> okay. Let's move on. Bring, I just had to bring that up. Yeah. Great point. 
I'm looking over my notes and I'm like, we skipped that. And that really, I just, it's one of those scenes where you see and you want to yell out, I call bullshit. I call bullshit. Oh God. Yeah. I didn't, it didn't strike me as anything that was uh, jarring. I didn't even really notice it. I, I found that's because you don't smoke and you don't catch the shit. I do. (laughs) Nobody catches the shit. You do. That's another story. Let's move on. So back at home, Professor Mindy is spending a lot of time defending his findings on social media while Kate is just defending her character back on campus at Michigan State. Both of them and Teddy are arrested and brought back to the White House for another briefing with the president and her son. The president reveals that to boost her ratings in the polls, she's going to do a surprise live broadcast telling the American people about the meteor and her plans to shoot it down with the American hero, Benedict Drask, played by Ron Perlman at the helm. In a montage, we see how this news polarizes the country into two sides, the believers and the deniers. Kate is still the butt of jokes, and Professor Mindy has become a bit of a celebrity and a bootlicker for the president. Making another appearance on The Rip, host Bree, played by Kate Blanchett, makes her attraction to Professor Mindy known, and they end up having an affair. Um, Yeah, we um, have to start off with the uh, first meeting with the president here. Before all this happens, because we oh, have not this first minute. Yeah. No, I don't we know. How I'm Fun fact: it. I wrote the script for this, and there's a good chance that I just forgot to write it in there. <laughs> but I oh, did dear. catch it, so let's just go there. So um, before the uh, appearances on the rip and stuff, they they were put up in the hotel, sent home by the White House, put up in a shitty, seedy little hotel. No, I definitely and, said this. This is back no, they, in scene two. I talked about yeah, this. They, we didn't talk about the meeting with the president, though. Yes, we did. No, we didn't. After no, the night the shitty I hotel definitely... the White House put them in, they returned to meet with the unimpressed President Orlean, played by Meryl Streep and her staff, that the earth will be destroyed in six months and 13 days when Professor Minnie and Kate realized that the warnings are falling on deaf ears. Blah, 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 blah. I did yeah, talk but we about didn't, it. But we didn't discuss the actual meeting in there okay. because I would All have right, talked well... about Jonah Hill talking about Leonardo DiCaprio's heavy breathing. You're freaking me <laughs> out, man. <laughs> Or the total lack of respect the president shows Mindy and Kate because they're trying to convince her there's a world-ending event coming and you can just see in her face the entire time this scene takes place that she couldn't care less. Oh, it's great. And I love the I love the president's son, uh, Jason. He says to uh, Kate, well, thanks for dressing up. He is so condescending to her. I made a note near the end of this because he kept doing it over and over again. Oh, yeah. Everything that came out of his mouth was insulting. Oh, everything. Everything. Yeah. And and he was going out of her way to bust her balls through the whole movie, having the hoods put over her head when he didn't have to. Oh, when Uh, he admitted that, I was in tears. That was hysterical. And the fact that she's like, yeah, I kind of figured it was you. Yeah, and then, you know, the president's like, so what's the percent this thing is going to hit the earth? They're like, it's like 99.7. They're like, oh, then it's not even definite. Let's so call it's not 100%. it. Yeah, let's let's call it 70%. Kate's like, it's not even close to 70%. And uh, yeah, I, I thought all that was great. And then we're going to find out that they don't want to they don't want to do anything about it because it's going to it's going to screw up her, you know, her political her chances of getting reelected. The midterm elections. The midterm more elections. important than the end of the world. Correct. And, you know, and the son is saying, you know, we hear about this shit all the time. It's going to be a global thing. It's going to be a that, the end of the world, end of times. And they're just not taking it seriously. 
Right. At this point in the movie, I had sent Des a text that I had lost count of how many times I said, unfucking believable. What was the final count? Oh, it, it, I couldn't keep track. Fun fact, it was 52 times. <laughs> okay. That's so, a big fact. Okay. Because I so, use much worse language after the first 23 minutes. <laughs> so they are dismissed by the White House, and they do, in fact, have their meeting with the Herald. Harold decides to run this story. And I love this scene out on the street where we're going to meet in person for the first time Kate's boyfriend. He works for this, you know, trash online rag, um, you know, kind of like the star or whatever. Some, some tabloid bullshit online thing. And Called autopsy. Yeah, autopsy. Love it. And she's going to tell him, you know, fucking media is going to hit the earth. We're all going to die. And some passerby on the street goes, what did you say? And she goes, oh, it's for a video game. <laughs> I, fucking, I fucking love that scene and they're gonna go into the green room for the rip and they're sitting backstage getting ready to go on and they're showing you know the excess and the gluttony you know someone's gonna drive by with a cart with a bunch of uncooked steak stacked up on it and it just shows you know it's just it's showing what we are and uh animals yeah carnivores okay. um and what I love on this scene, so you've got, um, what's her name? Uh, what's the pop star's name? Ariana, Ariana Grande. Grande. Okay, we got Ariana Grande. And she overhears them talking about the media. And she's like, oh, man, I love that stuff. You know, I've got like a shooting star tattooed on my back. And, you know, are we going to be able to talk about my single? And they're like, and, you know, the producer's like, yeah, but first we want to hear about the breakup, you know? And she's like, because, you know, a lot of the proceeds are going to save the manatees. And she's just fucking like sucking her own fucking cock. She sucks. Fake. I hate this it's one. called fake. It's called being a fraud. Oh, but just, it, it, just society is a fucking fraud in real life. So anyway, Mindy. Exactly. So Mindy says, and it's funny because this is where we get the two the face reactions between Mindy and, um, and Kate. So Mindy's going to look over at her and be like, oh, and I just I just want to say, you know, uh, we and he looks over at Kate, you know, we are really sorry to hear about, you know, you and your boyfriend breaking up. And Kate looks over at Mindy like, don't include me in on this. And she kind of like leans to the right away from him, kind of looks away to kind of like <laughs> to separate herself from that comment. And the fucking pop star looks at him and goes. Why don't you mind your own fucking business, you old weirdo? And then it points back to Kate, and she is looking at the pop star like, what the fuck? <laughs> this, this whole scene is fucking brilliant. This, the, the facial expressions is brilliant. It's, it's really good acting. Absolutely. And she's a fucking douche. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in the movie, that's her character. Oh, it's terrible. And there's so many real characters. I mean, this is a real character. Her, this is like a Kardashian and her fucking stupid professional basketball player boyfriend. Like, who gives a fuck? Everybody. <laughs> you know, ask. Oh, God. Okay. So they go on, they go on air. Okay, let's take it from there. The, the yeah. meltdown on yeah. the rip and yes. how fake the hosts were. Yes. And how. 
Yeah. Everything these two were saying was less important than Ariana Grande and her love problems with DJ Tello. Yes, correct. And we also and didn't they dis- make it worse by putting that idiot on TV and they're crying back and forth and he asked yes. her to marry her. Oh, that was God. so much more important than the end of the fucking world. Yes. Oh God. And I love that. I love that too when um when he asks her to marry him and they're all oh and everyone's oh and everybody's getting um as they do that, everybody's getting a text on their phone, their cell phone, and the phone is automatically buying her new single. Oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> this this is where I needed to chime in and where it's partially my turn. Go ahead. I have to agree with you. That scene alone is the perfect description and depiction, I should say, of how society society has become today. Yeah, the superficial, frivolous fluff crap that is being dished out now—it's—it is so. I and and Des knows this. I cannot watch uh, network TV. I can't watch anything that is going on. I'm living in the past because everything I see today is fucking ridiculous ridiculous social media has absolutely destroyed society destroyed everyone now has a platform now 20 years ago every had everybody had an opinion and most people other than family didn't give a shit yeah you knew five people so your opinion only reached out to five fucking people and four of them didn't give a fuck but now Every swinging dick in the country has a platform that makes them seem to think what they think and say is important to everybody. Fucking swinging dick assholes. No one cares. Wow. No one cared about this. There's an old saying. Everyone, assholes are like opinions. Everyone has one and they stink. That's right. You assholes stink, you swinging dick fucks. And I'll tell you something else. Back in the Are day... Are you mocking me? No, I am... Dude, preach. You preach. I'm with you. We're fucking holding fucking... We're holding gospel right now. You're speaking the truth. I'm with you on this. I and don't know if we can the, air this. this, oh, is, we can, this is, you, you guys are completely unhinged at this point. No, we can air all this. And I'll tell you something else. Back in the day, you wanted what was behind your front door private that's why you had a front door you didn't want your neighbors knowing your shit you didn't nowadays people on facebook like "Ah, i'm a fucking crazy fucking idiot Ah, i fucking today i fucking it's like people are just like airing their darkest secrets oh today i had a a, an english muffin with grape jelly on it and i just finished it and then i farted and then it's like shut the fuck up no one i can't i cannot come up with enough adjectives to say this properly. So these are the choice few. Social media has turned average society into a bunch of superficial, selfish, ignorant narcissists. Yes, Everyone sir. out there is now me, 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 me. It's yep. all about me. It's my agenda. It's my schedule. And I don't give a shit about anybody else yeah 
So let me tell you something too about Facebook, okay? The people that created it are the uh -oh. same people that create casinos and things of this thing. So basically, they've got you all addicted to the likes. And you are so addicted to these likes that as soon as you get your little dopamine rush from a little group of a little little bunch of likes, right? You start starving for that again. So what do you do? You've got to post something else. And if you have nothing going on in your life, you'll post a picture of, let's say, a piece of pizza. Yeah, your breakfast. And you'll get like 50 likes and people will be like, ooh, yum, yum. And you get that little dopamine rush again. And hey, we've all been guilty of it. I shut my Facebook page off. I can go maybe three, four days because I fucking hate it. But even I'm a little fucking Facebook junkie because they got me with it. So I can never go more than a week or two with shutting it off, sometimes like a month. But I always go back to it because I'm the fucking disgusting, addicted Facebook junkie just like you all are. You didn't even talk about Kate screaming. And that was the whole reason why you had to back up was you had to talk about that. And now you didn't even talk about that. Okay, so Kate loses her freaking mind because nobody is taking this seriously. And, uh, yeah, she basically tells everybody, we're all going to fucking die. And uh, basically the two hosts' uh, response to that are, uh, me no likey screamy lady, but we like dreamy astronaut man. Astronomy man. So, again, it just shows that nobody gives a shit. Well, so Kate's boyfriend breaks up with her by writing a shitty tabloid article about her. You know, hey, the the we're all going to fucking die, lady. I slept with her. You that know? was so cold. Yeah, super <laughs> cold. Like And like, it's like, okay, so everyone's going to die and you're going to get yours before you die by ditching her like that. Shitty. I didn't, I didn't think getting dumped by email could get worse. Yeah, dumped <laughs> by tabloid article. That's oh about as bad God. as it gets. I love when they're in the uh, in the um, the New York Herald office and they're going over all the statistics of you know how the the episode on the rip played and you know where it spiked and where it went down and how nobody gave a shit that you know the media was going to hit the earth but everybody spiked when she lost her mind and started making all these memes of the cats and everything. Oh my <laughs> god, I was fucking laughing and, my and ass off. Was, the saddest part was is all the lines on that graph. We're social media polls. Right. That's all they cared about. That's where everything comes down to. Yeah. They were more interested in the response of social media than they were of the fact that they're trying to they're they're trying to be told that the world's coming to an end. Didn't matter. How did Facebook handle the show? That was more important. Correct. And I want to say, I've listened to a couple of podcasts um, reviewing this movie before we did this. And so far, where we're at right now is tame. Because a couple I listened to, <laughs> wow. to win, you would have fucking died. Because, I mean, they're going off on anti-vaxxers and fuck this one and fuck that one. And if wow. you think that this is an anti-vax, then those people are pieces of shit and fucking Republicans should die. Like, I listened to a left-wing side review of this of these guys are just movie reviewers and i've listened to this shit before and when they did this one i was like whoa <laughs> i was like we're not doing that so we'll, we're not we'll gonna have to listen to it when we work together monday yeah I'll, I'll play it for you so we're not gonna like um on this one we're not gonna divulge you know 
who's Republican, who's a Democrat, you know, who's vaccinated, who isn't. That's all your own private business. I don't care. And I don't judge anybody on any of that. But this did stir up some emotion in me on how we treat each other as a society and how we are um, all treating the internet and social media. And yeah, I wanted to fucking get a little cuckoo with it because that's how this movie made me feel. So I'm not going to apologize for this podcast. We're not going to insult anybody, but I am going to air my uh, grievances uh, with quote unquote, society. This stirred up some emotion. <laughs> and and Dez was the one that thought I was going to go postal. And <laughs> I probably still will because there's just... There's just so much about this movie that is so real in society oh, yeah. that yes. it terrifies me. And which is why at the end of the day, when I get home from work, I close all that ridiculous shit behind me. As do I. So go ahead, Dylan, if you can put us back on the map. I mean, I'm going to just reread the scene that we jumped away from. Okay. 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 So back at home, Professor Mindy is spending a lot of time defending his findings on social media while Kate is just defending her character in uh, general on the campus of Michigan State. Both of them and Teddy are arrested and brought back to the White House for another briefing with the president and her son. The president reveals that to boost her ratings in the midterm polls, she's going to do a surprise live broadcast telling the American people about the meteor and her plans to shoot it down using American hero Benedict Drask, played by Ron Perlman, at the helm. In a montage, we see how this news polarizes, polarizes the country into two sides, the believers and the deniers. Kate is still the butt of a joke, but Professor Mindy has now become a celebrity and a book bootlicker for the president. Making another appearance on The Rip, host Bree, played by Kate Blanchett, makes her attraction to Professor Mindy known, and they end up having an affair. Mm. Yeah. Um, this scene, for me, was... I really loved Professor Mindy, and I was kind of torn with whether I wanted him to do this or not, kind of like the kiss in um, in Wedding Singer, where I just didn't want to soil um, Julia's character. And I didn't want to soil his character, but I thought at least it paid off at the end of the movie. So we'll get there. But yeah, I was a little surprised that he, he decided to go this route. But it just shows you, you know, this guy was getting his five minutes of fame and, you know, it got the best of him, his ego. He was like, you know, he was yeah. he was down for just becoming, you know, a superficial jerk, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love that they throw the hood over her, and you know they they're gonna take her and say you got to shut the fuck up. If you keep talking about the fucking meteor, we're gonna put you in jail. Basically, I need, I need to comment. This Best is, line this is in the a, movie. That's, that's ahead. Oh, okay. It's with her in the car with the bag over her head. That's ahead, isn't it? That's not now. Yeah, it is a head. It is okay. A head. I, I mean, they so. put a bag on her head when they take her off of the campus because yeah. the Jason told them to. But this is not when they tell her to shut up. This is when they take her and uh, the other two to the White House and tell okay. them that they're going to actually do something about it. Okay, that's right. That's right. You're correct. Whether, yeah. whether either time, still best line in the movie. Let me see. I've got it written down here because I want to make sure it's said right. Let me see. Best line. Unless you assholes are taking me to the bat cave, fuck you for putting this hood on my head. <laughs> I love that. I love best, that. Best line in the entire movie. I love that. I thought that was really funny. Unless you're taking me to the awesome. bat cave. <laughs> she and, was angry the whole time. It was just, it was awesome. Yeah. And uh, 
what's funny is uh, Jason, the president's uh, son, he says, yeah, you know, the CIA doesn't use bags. Only the FBI uses bags. But, I, you know, I told him to use it on you. It's like he just hates her. And her reaction is priceless. She just looks dead eyed right at him. Yeah, I, I kind of thought that was you. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking classic. Also, we can talk about Benedict Drask, played by Ron Perlman, the old man. Yeah. Oh my he's, God. he's on the, the lawn of the White House yelling at kids, you're a pussy. I <laughs> loved it. I made a note of that. I'm like, this is this is where it's like there are so many things right now today, people are so concerned about censorship and being offended that that scene would never have been televised. Right. He is cursing these children out, calling them all kinds of names. You can't tell me in this day and age, there isn't somebody on the side of the set or watching this at home going, Oh my God. Oh, he'd be canceled. Yeah, he'd be canceled. But if you're like uh, over 47 years old, this guy was your gym teacher. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what he was, except he wasn't censored. Yeah, this guy was your gym teacher. Back in like 1981, this guy could stick his foot up your ass and send you home and nobody would say a word about it. Your parents would be like, hey, you probably had it coming. Go to your room. You know? Exactly. Yeah, and they yeah, keep saying every time he says something ridiculous, he oh, it was another generation. Yeah, and, and kids were probably today. Oh my god. Think yeah. of the backlash. Yeah, but kids today are fucking oh God. Modeled. I'm not gonna go I'm not gonna go off on a rant, but I mean, come on, man. That it's they're like they're little adults at the age of like eleven. They've got a cell phone, they've got friends. If the parents say anything, they're like, I'll put you on blast, and yeah, it's just it's bad. It's bad. Kids are have no respect. They've got no. Listen to me. I'm like the old guy in the Geico commercial. Okay, let's move on. Yeah, I was just gonna say, let's get back on track because that's going the wrong way again. Blue. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, we all know that this old guy is just angry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> are you talking about Des or are you talking about Benedict? <laughs> Ron Perlman's character. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Everybody. Oh, man. All right. Let's move on, shall we? At least Elaine's not angry anymore. After the, <laughs> after like the early meltdown, she was literally ready to walk. For a minute, I was like, Glenn, Glenn. Like, I thought she had just hung up on this fucking podcast. <laughs> she was like, I do not approve of the way you are doing this podcast. <laughs> I didn't. I did not say any of that. I'm just saying. Pat, how mad was she? Reel it in a little, y'all. Pat, Pat, how mad was she? We're, we're, let's just move on, please. This okay. is We've still okay. got a bunch of movie to go over. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite podcast ever. Fun fact. Musa. <sighs> <laughs> Anyways. So today is launch day, and the mission to destroy the meteor is underway. Dr. Mindy and Kate watch with the president and her staff from a secure location while the rest of the world watches live. But at the last moment, the psychopathic billionaire from Bash and leading and also the leading campaign supporter for the president breaks into the room and informs the president the meteor is made up of precious metals, diamonds, gold, and the like. He convinces her that she should call off the mission and let the Bash scientists break it up into smaller pieces and let it enter the Earth's atmosphere so they can mine it. 
and she agrees. The world watches in disbelief and confusion as the rockets all turn around and head back to Earth. At a meeting after the rockets fail, the, P the president and Peter Ishuel explain to the staff their plan. Afterwards, Professor Mindy, Kate, and Teddy are having drinks at a local bar. Dr. Mindy explains the new plan to them and reveals that there's a very slim chance it will work. Some of the patrons overhear their conversation and it causes a small riot. Once again, Kate is abducted by the FBI and told to keep quiet or she'll be in prison. Now this is the second time with a bag on her head. She signs a paper saying she'll no longer talk about the meteor. Returning home to her parents, she finds she's not welcome as their beliefs on the meteor are different from hers. They believe that the meteor will create jobs. Oh, God. Um, so I want to give a shout out to our local um, our local guy, Gary Tangway, who gets oh, yes. a... Uh, yeah, he gets a cameo in this as one of the reporters. So he mm -hmm. was a local sports guy in Boston. I saw him. I'm like, oh, look, it's fucking Tangway. I thought that was great. Yeah, I think they taped, they taped some of the movie in Boston. So maybe that's how they got a hold of him. Yeah, I know he's, you know, he's trying to make a break in the Hollywood. He had written a screenplay that, from what I understand, is fucking awful. Uh, <laughs> Poor Tangway. <laughs> um yeah. yeah. So I, I love the, I love when the uh, the rockets are going up, you know, and everyone's kind of like watching from Lake Canaveral or wherever they are. And they start turning around and one guy's like, you know, I think they're turning around. This other guy's like, everyone's a fucking expert nowadays, too. Everyone's a fuck. No, no, no. You know, I, I was in the Navy or whatever. That, it's just that's a, a course correction. A course happens correction. all the time. Yeah. It's like, no, it's not. You fucking dipshit. And, and I need to add before this gets any further. I'm not a rocket scientist and I don't work for NASA, but oh, I surprise. do know the shuttle doesn't move like that. No, no. It and is a glider. If he's using the engines and trying to do a flip, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and what about all the rockets that are going up to blow it up? Where are they all going? They're, they're all, all just... going up. And they're, I mean, my God, people, come on. If you're going to make this, make it somewhat a little believable, no oh. way in hell does a shuttle go up surrounded by other rockets. Nuclear. And they're not even remotely away from it. Yeah, like, nuclear. Are you kidding me? And what was the what was the guy going up in the shuttle for? They're shooting nuclear missiles up at this thing. Was he going up just to blow up with everything? I yeah, think he much. was, they were saying like, Mindy at some point says, this is an un unmanned thing. You just send up like drones or whatever. Right. And she goes, oh, no, you need to send somebody like a hero that will right. die up there. And, you know, he'll, he's the face of it and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. See, this is what they should have done. I, I don't know if everybody knows, but fun fact, the moon landing was hoaxed. So that was actually shot you in a Hollywood studio. You did not just as, as a hoaxer. <laughs> so what they should have done was they should have had, they should have had the, uh, he said that recently, and the person looked at him like he had 12 heads, and it was so embarrassing. <laughs> That's a whole nother show. That so uh, embarrassing? Seriously? They should have. Oh, fun fact. I embarrassed Lynn in public all the time. Constantly. They should have just uh, filmed him like in a Hollywood studio in the shuttle, so people just thought he was going up. But whatever. Um, yeah. But, but being as we're talking about him and in the shuttle, let's talk about everything he has to say <laughs> oh yeah to the indians launch. you know the ones with the dots on their head and the ones with the bows and arrows oh, oh, fuck. Team. together that would be awesome <laughs> oh. <laughs> and i wouldn't mind i wouldn't mind a shot of jack daniels or maybe have a couple of duis disappear 
Oh, Holy what? crap. Are you kidding me? I love that. I wouldn't. I would... A shot of Jack Daniels and a couple of DUIs disappear. That's fucking classic. That, really good. I, mean, I admit, when I watched this the first time, I couldn't believe how bad I thought the society was. But as I watched it the second time, there were scenes that I did find that were funny. And watching him go up in that shuttle and all the things he had to say, no censorship, no sugarcoating anything. Oh, great. You'd think, you'd think he was on drugs with the things he was saying. I'd like to thank all the hardworking white people. Oh, God, it hurts. It hurts. <laughs> but, you know, I think the director was really trying to show that, you know, as fucked up as society is today, and it's fucked up. Agreed. It's gone. It's gone so far the other way. Like, so they're showing this fossil from back in the 50s, like this guy, where it was so far in that direction, it was like so fucked up. And now we're so far in the other direction that you can't do anything. It doesn't matter. Like, you could literally be like, I want to save the manatees. And people be like, you know, those fucking manatees eat fucking this rare snail. And you're fucking being hateful to those snails by saving the manatees. And it's just like everybody is offended by fucking something. Everybody is offended by something. And what's worse is people are so worried about offending just one person for any reason that they they will steer so far south of it that it's oh. just preposterous. I'm offended by society. <laughs> okay, shocked. let's go. Let's move yeah, on. I'm shocked. Would you like to talk about um, the movie? The, the, well, that <laughs> the uh, the riot that happens outside of like Bubba Gumps or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Yep. Yeah. Well, wait. So at this point, um, Mindy has been briefed about the plan by Bash. And now he knows like what, why they're doing this. It's for the, the jewels and the gold and the silver. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's yeah, been fucking Bash says that it's full of stuff that you make cell phones out of. You yeah. Know, and you know, rare, silver rare to make cell earth phones. metals, mm -hmm. rare earth metals. Yeah. 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 And, and he uh, says that China's got their big panda paw on panda most. On he gold. says that panda paw on, on most of the mines that are still on the earth. So therefore the United States needs new ways to get it. And that's how they want to do it. Yeah. And they're going to make trillions of dollars off this. And, you know, Mindy is, he now knows they have missed their window of opportunity to destroy this, but he's still going along with it at this point. And I was a little confused here because it seems like when he goes into the bar and he's telling them, you know, he's like, he, first he goes and he, he drags um, Ogilvy <laughs> and Kate <laughs> out of that room and he goes, we got to go talk. And he brings them into this bar and he's telling them, you know, fuck, this is their plan and it's just not going to work. This is a fucking disaster. Mm -hmm. And the people over here and, you know, she's like, you want to know the truth? The truth is that they fucking turn those rockets around for profit and we're all going to fucking die. And there's a little mini riot. Mm -hmm. So the rich can get richer. Yeah. So mm -hmm. the rich can get even richer. Exactly. And uh, they're going to throw a bag over her head and take her away again. Right. Yes. 
This okay. Is the, this is the time that you were talking about. This is when they okay. take her and tell her to shut the fuck up. Right. She has to sign and the paper. And that was, uh, that was such a great scene. I got to interject because all the charges are against her are pretty serious. They sound pretty serious. Mm-hmm. And all she has to do is comply with non-disclosure and keep her mouth shut. And the look on her face when she's like, whatever, just I'm fucking tired of it. Yeah. Just gave in. She's like, oh, fuck this. I've had it. Yeah. I was so, I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah. Cause she's been torn down by society just for speaking the truth. Yep. Nobody wanted to hear it, so she's the fucking bad guy. Yep. yep. And then on top of it, she and Teddy sat inside a locked office with no bathroom and some of those free snacks from the White House. That and uh, he, that was thrown to them. Yeah, he threw like through the animals in a zoo. And, yeah, oh. and then Jason goes, you you want to come to the meeting? You want to come? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, mm, and shuts the door on her and face. Then, and then she says, what if we have to go to the bathroom? He goes, we'll lay down some newspaper. Oh, <laughs> my God. Like I said, everything that comes out of this character's mouth is insulting. Yeah. Oh, it's great. And, yeah, and she's not... having a conversation about the general again, charging for the snacks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she I just never that. talking about it. I absolutely love that. Through the entire movie, it was mm-hmm. brought up like two, three, four times. She never gave up on that. I thought that was hysterical. Every time they go like from one scene to another and they show her, mm-hmm. she's talking about the damn generals charging them 20 bucks for snacks. And yeah. all I kept saying is she just won't let it go. That was yeah. a riot. Um, it's funny, too, because... This just is another example of how people just want to see what they want to see. They want to see what they want to see. If you don't want to see it, it's not there. If you want to see it, it's there. I mean, look at where we live in Boston. You know, when I was younger, winter was blizzards. By now, you've had five, six blizzards with the snow up to your fucking waist, where you're trudging through the snow to get your car. We haven't had a winter like that in years. Decades. It's, It's now February. It hasn't snowed yet. And I don't count one inch of snow that melts the next day because it's 50 fucking eight degrees in January. No. And but today we break a record. It hasn't been this cold in Boston in 60 years, but yet it's going to be in the 50s again next week. Okay, we're in big trouble, people. Open your eyes and look around. Can I ask you one thing? Yeah. The hell does that have to do with this movie? Because, again, People are not asking the important questions. Open your eyes, people. Things are not going in a good direction right now. We are going down the fucking toilet bowl. Just but open your is, eyes. This is this is the good thing about this movie. It depicts society so realistically that society has gotten to a point where they just it's just not important anymore. It's Their not. selfie is more important than the potential end of the earth. Yes. The movies that they're talking about making about the asteroid hitting the earth. And and it's not even it's not even based in reality. How can you talk about a making a movie yep. about the asteroid hitting the earth when when the asteroid hits the earth, there's no movie? Yeah. Let me let me just tell everybody something. There is a very real possibility that we are all going to have a front row seat to the end of the world. Uh-oh, it is a very, 
Yeah. Just look around at what's going on. Watch the news. See all the different things that are happening, all the different ways it could happen from environmental to war to uh, disease to pandemics. Just look around, people, and think about where we were even five years ago compared to where we are right now. There's a very real chance that we are going to see the crumbling of the Colosseum the way they did back in ancient Rome. Okay? That's all I'm going to say. Let's move on with the movie. You're going to say that's all you're going to (laughs) say? Probably not. It's been hours already of this ridiculousness. It's been an hour and six minutes and 24 seconds. And you know what's going to be interesting? It's going to be interesting to see how this over-opinionated public reacts to this podcast. It's either going to get two views or it's going to be our biggest podcast ever. And half the people are going to be like, I agree with everything you guys say. That podcast needed to happen. And other people are going to be like, you guys are fucking idiots, especially Des. But this is it. But this is what it comes down to. If what you heard offended you, then don't come back. Because this is who we are. Now, granted, we may be biased. Oh, my God. We may be biased. We may be introverted idiots. (laughs) help us <laughs> i'm praying for a meteor to hit this podcast <laughs> oh shit okay Dylan, Dylan, rescue us go. rescue us Dylan. Go. you're trying go. y'all but you're not helping me go get the hell up for two minutes and let her talk go oh forward my god <laughs> lord help us where's the dog there's gonna have to be a disclaimer at the beginning of this podcast when we put it on the fucking hey did you ever see that movie page just say listen to this at your own risk this is fucking crazy and you might want to add if you're easily offended turn back now pat you and i are gonna fucking monday when we go to work we're listening to this and i have a feeling we're gonna be on the floor holding our bellies laughing it's going to take us an hour longer to get the work done, I guarantee it, because neither one of us are going to want to be working anywhere near, I mean, away from the speaker to listen to this. Oh, dude, this is 10 times better than I had imagined when we were talking about it last week at work. I'm like, this is going to be fucked up. This is 10 times more fucked up. Than- this should be on Tony's Tales of Terror. Go ahead, well, see, what What happened was, is you were, you were going to be under the impression that I was going to absolutely hate this movie. And when I watched it the first time, I, I I couldn't believe what I was seeing, but when I watched it the second time, it it really made me there was that there was some real comedy in the parody of society and depicting how society is and how realistic that depiction is. Yeah, for satire, it hit pretty it hit pretty close to reality. Glenn, please keep it going. In the meantime, Professor Mindy is taking part in the propaganda commercials. But back at his hotel room, him and Bree return from a night out on the town to find his wife, June, played by Melanie Linsky, waiting for them. After a brief confrontation, a very brief confrontation, (laughs) it's decided that he's going to stay with Bree and June will return to Michigan alone. Kate is now working in a liquor store where she has a run-in with some local teenagers, one of them being a kid named Yule, played by Timothy Chalamet. Or Chalamet, I don't know how do you pronounce it. Chalamet. Chalamet? All right. Sure. (laughs) Let's go with that. that. (laughs) So they're stealing booze and they recognize her from all the memes. After she lets them steal the booze, they invite her to come to a party later. At the bash hangar, the president and Dr. Mindy are introduced to the bead drone made to disable the meteor. Professor Mindy is worried that all his peers have been removed from the project for asking simple questions about how things are working. Kate attends the party and tells everyone that it is 
uh, that is speculating on what actually happened, that it's much more depressing than their speculations. <laughs> Knowing that they're going to die, she hooks up with Yule. <laughs> Outside. The, yeah. Back on the rip, Professor Mindy loses his mind live on the air, telling the nation they're going to all 100% going to die because the government is being dishonest and greedy. After the show, Professor Mindy is abducted by the FBI. Bree tells him that their affair is over. And while driving, Professor Mindy can see the meteor with his naked eye along with the rest of his rest of the world. And he calls Kate and they discuss it. Yeah. Can I go uh, first? Go, please do. Because <clears throat> I'm like really high and I want to remember where I want to go from this. Go. Um, this scene is, it's, it's just all angry Kate and how how superficial everything was. Dr. Randall was sucked into the social media rabbit hole and yes. he never recovered. Never recovered. It gets to the point, and I was astonished when I saw it. He starts kissing the female anchor from the Daily Rip in the conference room. Yeah. <laughs> He's married for Christ's sake. The look on on Kate's face was the look on my face. Yeah, it was shocking. And he he had become the government puppet. He's trying. Yep. He's on uh, the the PBS version on TV with the puppets and yep. uh, everything's going to work out with this plan. Uh, Bash has it all worked out. But you could you knew right away when he started to question the the validity of this plan with the bead drones mm -hmm. and he brings up the fact that everybody working on this project has now disappeared for asking these questions you could you knew they were rushing this there's no yeah. way there's i didn't see any potential in this working no. and I mean, there's no run through. There's no peer to peer. I mean, let's go back to the movie Armageddon when they need to destroy the asteroid. That was believable science. Right. Believable science. Sure, it was a movie. And the chances of that, something like that ever taking place are you got a better chance of hitting the Powerball than seeing it happen today. Right. But at least it was believable science. Everything yeah. that Isherwell said sounded like he was coming from someone on way too many downers. The the hologram presentation, which was cool, by the way. Yes. Um, there was there was no there was no validity to it. Nobody could question what was going to happen to see if it was work. That's why Randall's well, colleagues. He's an arrogant. He's an arrogant billionaire. He thought that his money and his science guys and his tech was going to get it done. Well, see, and, here's you know, the other thing: is that Professor Professor Mindy initially was like, "This could work," because the two scientists that were attached to the Bead Project were incredibly respected, knowledgeable scientists. Right. But then, when they go to the hangar. And he's like, you let go of those two people and everybody else I know that had any kind of anything to do with science. Right. Because they asked questions and they were trying to make sure things were working and they were trying to peer review, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah. you weren't saying that happen. You let them go. Right. So All the government cared about was getting those drones up there yep. so they could complete their task and their objective for their agenda. Right. But in that hangar, you know, um, the the 
uh, Peter is basically now offended by mm -hmm. um, Dr. Mindy. And he tells him what he really thinks of, you know, you're a fucking field mouse. You're, you're just a scared little man. You're going to die alone. Yeah. And he, and he gives the president this funny line that's going to pay off where he says, you know, it says here, you're going to die. You're going to be eaten by. And he says the name of some creature. Rock to rock. Heard of. Or Roger Rock. Roger Rock. Yeah. Right. And, you know, you kind of just miss that information. Like, ah, oh, whatever. I don't know what the fuck that is. But it's funny because he's wrong about Mindy. And it shows that people can change, which I thought was very nice. Even though this tech proves to be so good that it can see 23,000 years into the future and predict a creature that's not even known by man. So this algorithm is like dead on, but no, it, no, but it's unable no, to no. read human nature. I'm sorry. The life app is a load yeah. of bullshit. I don't <laughs> care. No, now mind you, I'm a fan of the show person of interest, which is all about an AI machine watching over the world. OK, that's believable. But to think that a cell phone could tell how bad you were feeling and upload a puppy riding a chicken to make you feel better is the most cockamamie thing I have ever I, heard I, of. I felt the chicken to be a little threatening. You know what they should have <laughs> used? You know what they should have used? She was used a fucking cape on. It's a smaller, this is a smaller chicken. It's less threatening. It's a, it's a little roaster. If you don't know, it's called a capon. Okay. Fun fact. Capen, fun fact. Um, a capon is a small chicken. It's a little roaster. And I think it would have been less threatening. And what you could have done was you could have put the little capon on top of the puppy and the capon could have rode the puppy. And I think it would have been a lot cuter. Move on to Lynn. Oh. <laughs> I slipped that capon into every episode now. So it yeah. would seem this episode's it's, fucked up. It's like spot the caping. Anyways. <laughs> so do we want to talk about how everyone can now see the meteor with their naked eye just by looking up? It's uh, funny. I, yeah. yeah, it's definitely good that we bring this up because what's really sad is through all the bullshit prior to this scene, how social media has people so blind to reality and so self-absorbed that most of them, if not all of them, did not believe what was coming until right. the very moment they can see it in the sky. Or and even now, they don't. You know, there's people that won't even look in the because, sky. Right, yeah, because, I mean, well, there you go. But and, and in future scene, we'll talk about how the propaganda is just, I mean, the bottom line, this thing is going to hit the planet. The bottom line, everybody's going to die. And yeah. yet so many people are worried about the social media reaction of something half-assed like the don't look up propaganda. It's like, how the fuck can you don't believe don't look up propaganda when all you have to do is look in the fucking sky and see the damn thing well that's the joke and it's funny so i have to say that i thought that um leonardo caprio's performance when he has the meltdown on the rip is a brilliant performance and i don't know man he looked like he was just about ready to have a fucking heart attack like he was so worked up in this scene i loved he it he was about to hulk out yeah it was really really good acting and i the i 
and he hits his glasses and they kind of get all cocked on his face for a second. And the camera oh. did the close-up to where basically all you saw was the nose and the eyes. Yes. It was awesome. It was awesome. It was awesome. All right, let's keep moving. Let's get this thing. Let's get this thing in the can because it's a nut. It's a nut. It's a nut job. Hit it. <laughs> oh God, help us! This podcast right. a nut job. Again, we get a montage of the nation losing their mind. Social media is going wild too. Society is an absolute moronic shit show, and Professor Mindy's rising star has crashed. <laughs> His five minutes of fame is now over. Next, we see the "Don't Look Up" campaign in full effect. It's a political tool to avert attention from the bad decisions made in regard to the meteor, and it's obvious that the nation has been split. The Russians were going to try to intervene and destroy the meteor, but Teddy informs Dr. Mindy and Kate that there was an explosion at the Russian missile site and the mission was a failure. The only hope left now is the Bash mission. The whole of humanity is counting on it for survival. On the night of the Bash, mi Bash mission, Professor Mindy, Kate, and Yule are driving to Professor Mindy's house in hopes of having one last family supper. After one bash robot fails, it's apparent that the mission is doomed. Professor Mindy's wife allows them in, and they have one last beautiful dinner with Dr. Oglethorpe. The president sneaks out of mission, con mission control with the head of bash, leaving her son behind to sneak off to a waiting spaceship to escape Earth before the meteor hits. The president offers Professor Mindy a seat on the ship, but he opts to stay with his family and die. The meteor hits the Earth, killing everyone instantly as the spaceship carrying the last of humanity flies off into space. 22,740 years later, the president's spaceship reaches a new planet. The richest 1% of the nation exits their stasis pods on the alien planet after waking from cryosleep, only to be eaten by giant birds called Brontoroks. And after the credits roll, we see the president's son climb from under the rubble on Earth, still clutching his mother's purse as the lone survivor, only to take a selfie. That was a quick ending. What a great child, dude. It needed it. This this needs to end. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let, me, let, let me bring up one good point because there are scenes that were funny and made me laugh. And at the same time, wonder how bad society really has become for this to actually be believable. Mm -hmm. They're doing the hashtag don't, I mean, look up. Yep. And there's one scene with this heavyset guy with a scruffy beard holding a Roman candle six inches from his face yeah it's the launch, he lets it, launch and he challenge. lets it go off in his face yes the launch challenge like this would happen the launch today. challenge that's what it is and all i could think to myself is this is probably why i think tiktok should be destroyed <laughs> dude I mean, this would happen today there would be the launch challenge and people would be like sticking fucking baller rockets but up that's their ass. my point that's my yeah. point it's like social media has people doing the dumbest fucking things and believing the dumbest fucking thing. You know, if somebody's going to be that stupid, it's kind of like, I'm not saying let's kill all the stupid people, but I am saying let's remove all the warning labels and let just nature take its course. <laughs> yeah. People are so addicted to, to, to having people pay attention to them that they are willing to stick a Roman candle up their ass and put it on TikTok and then sit there and be like, Oh, validate me. Okay, listen, let's not do this. Let's let's yeah, go out we, like let's go out with some respect. Let's go out with some dignity on this I one. I just had to bring up how the social media event nope. first there's hashtag look up. Yep. And then there's the counter from the government. Hashtag don't, don't look up. And they're having the and this was probably the funniest one of the funniest scenes for me. You're at the don't look up. Um, 
rally and the president and her idiot son are up on the trailer and they're talking about don't look up. And one of the rednecks looks up and sees the comet. And all of a sudden, that rally turns into a rebellion. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and and somebody hits him in the face with a bottle, hits Jason uh, in the face with a bottle. And he's like, you fucking redneck, you hit me with a bottle. (laughs) But it's so sad how how you can support something known as the don't look up movement. How do you support that knowing it's actually up there? Well, what's funny is a general on CNN today actually said they asked, you know, well, where exactly is this Chinese spy balloon? And he goes, we're not going to get into exactly where it is. But if people want to see it, they can just look up and see it. And I went, holy shit. If that's not poetic on the day we're doing, don't look up. All right. So what do you guys think? Do you think that um, Dr. Mindy's wife should have taken him back? Yes. Me too. I thought it showed humanity. He made I a think mistake. that she's the bigger person. She is the bigger yeah. person. You took the words that's out of my mouth. He made a mistake. Like I said, he got corrupted by the social media machine. And that came along with that superficial floozy that he had an affair with. Yep. Uh, Although I will say her saying, well, when we were in college, I had a relationship with so-and-so or like I I had an affair. I was like, good for you, girl. Good for you. That was was one of the best scenes. She admits, I made a note of it too. She admits that she had an affair uh, she slept with Danny so-and-so while we were dating in college. And his reaction was perfect. He's like, okay, we're good. Yeah, yeah, we're good. <laughs> that was awesome. That was a great scene. And I need to make comment because no one brought this up yet. Um, Randall's wife played Rose on Two and a Half Men. Yes. Played by the actress Melanie Linsky. Yes. Yes, correct. I didn't pick that up right away. Until the scene where Randall and the slut Brie mm-hmm. um, went into the hotel room and she was waiting for them. And she has her moment where she's throwing the pill bottles at him. Yeah. He could not have been more of a pussy while that was happening. Yeah. He was he was having his little breakdown. And I'll tell you, I thought the dinner scene was very nice. I thought it was very touching. I loved how they all held hands. The fucking meteor hits. I thought all of that was really great. I thought it was funny that the president's son was sitting in the control room going, no, she's coming back. She's coming. Oh, yeah. And they get on the plane and someone informs her, you know, you forgot Jason. And she's she, like, oh. She, the president called Randall to offer him a seat on the yep. spaceship. And yep. his response was, no, thanks. Have fun with Jason. And yeah. the scene goes back to the president in the jet, and she's like, oh, shit. Shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she left her son behind. Yeah, and then we're going to get the uh, the scene on the new planet. And it's funny, when they're showing all the cryo machines, you're seeing, you know, you know, tech billionaire, oil billionaire. They all yeah. get off the rocket. And, you know, you find out that 50% of these bash pods have crashed. So basically, 50% of the people lived. And I love that one of them is Kid Rock. Did you catch that, Pat? I didn't. Okay, so one it's of the guys like, that gets but off, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not actually Kid Rock, but it's supposed to be Kid Rock. And it was pretty funny. I thought that was pretty good. 
And I love that, you know, these fucking idiots are all going to get eaten by these birds. And quite honestly, this planet and this species of dinosaur birds are going to be spared the absolute parasite that is the human race from going on and mining this planet out and destroying this planet. So yeah, I was glad I, that the birds ate them. I can interject right here at this point because I made note of this. 22,000 years later, this happens. Yeah. These people, you saw the size of the pods. They nope. weren't very big. Nope. Looks like it carried mostly people. They didn't even have clothes. How yeah. does something like this take place? How do you plan this mission to keep these people alive and find a new world? They have no means to live. Right. No structures, no weapons, no fucking clothes. This ending felt like a little bit of an afterthought for me. Like, I feel like the movie could have very easily ended just on the meteor hitting the the earth and, you know, the montage we got at the end and the dinner. And I felt like that was the end of this movie. Like, for me, that was the end of the movie. I was fine with that. This was like a little satire joke at the end because we know they couldn't have pulled this mission off. And we also know that the president's son isn't going to be the last survivor crawling out of the rubble. So landing on that planet, that scene, I just call it just dessert. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. I enjoyed it. It was, it 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 was was amusing when you see that the show that that ship is leaving before the planet goes um, dead. Yeah. And all you see is the, is it goes deeper and deeper into space. So it's nice that they come up with 22,000 some hundred years later and these people are survived and you already knew they were big names because yeah. Texan oil and and uh, traders, lobbyists. Yeah. And all I could think to myself as I'm seeing this is how is that even going to be important right now? Right. Well, yeah, you don't have anybody that knows how to farm. You don't have anybody that knows how to build anything. Right. And yeah. there's nothing to do that with anyway. These little pods I mean, they don't even have clothes. Never mind a way to support Quite frankly, their lives. Watch these people on alone or naked and afraid, and they can mi- build something out of nothing. You put one of those people up there, they'd survive. But you put these right. idiots that were literally sitting on their couches ten minutes before they left, you know, yeah. and have silver spoons up their bums. They're they're they not des- going to survive. Oh, there was what a they deserved. There was a guy who won the episode of Alone like a year or two ago. He would have built a fucking Hilton up there with his <laughs> dick, and he'd have fucking opened up a fucking Ragarock fucking barbecue fucking restaurant. Like this guy could rebuild a civilization with a fucking pocket knife. But all right, let's end this. Let's oh, end this. I need, I need to say I'm glad oh. that I don't understand a word you said. Okay. <laughs> Because okay. that just justifies why I don't watch shit like that. Okay. Um, so, yeah, and, of course, the, the final scene. Dylan, give us his final words again. Uh, yeah. Jason's. I've got it right here. <laughs> All right. So he crawls out of the rubble, and he's like, Mom, Mom. And, of course, Mom's long gone. And uh, he's still clutching her her handbag, pulls out the bash cell phone and says, What's up, y'all? I'm the last man on Earth. Shit's all fucked up. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I loved it. I fucking loved it. I thought it was a great ending. All right. So, uh, man, this one was fucked up. This is a fucked up podcast. 
let's uh let's rate this movie um without a ton of fucking dialogue. I'm gonna go to you first, Pat. I think it's all been said. What is your rewatch score for Don't Look Up? I would have to give it a 2.5. A 2.5. Why do you even watch movies? Okay. I knew Delin. that was coming. You have been waiting to give me that since this <laughs> afternoon. Okay. Dylan, what is your rewatch score? I'm giving it a 2.5. Oh, you fucking idiots. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm glad you're not the last two people on earth. Um <laughs> Uh, this is a fucking come on fucking the acting is great the camera works great the plot is great they hit societies on it all right i'm not getting into it this is a fucking a 4.75 this is a great movie (laughs) (laughs) so with your 2.5 some fucking fantastic acting i really loved the stylistic choices made um I really like there's a lot here that is enjoyable, but the fucking topic matter is so depressing. And just it was like, I don't want to ever watch this again. So yeah, but that doesn't mean it's a two. I understand that. But that's my this is I get to choose my points and that's my points. OK, well, go. it doesn't matter what you guys say, because it's fucking it's my show <laughs> and I'm going to give it the score. I want to give it. I mean, I think so, it's my show at this point, considering I do all the talking. Oh, if you listen back to this podcast, I do not think you did all the talking. <laughs> um, so with your 2.5, Pat's 2.5, and my 4.75, this movie will get a rewatch score of 4.75. Oh, if, you, <laughs> if, if you haven't seen Don't Look Up, what are you waiting for? This is a great movie. Go see it, as always. I want to thank you, Delin, because you know I love watching movies in another room from you and then discussing them. But, as always, you've bought the craziness, and I love doing movies with you as well. And to all our listeners, especially our new listener in India, I would like to say hello. We will be back next week where we will be discussing Constantine. And joining us on the podcast as a co-host will be the podcaster with a thousand potions, Mickey. So until next week, I have one question for you. Pat, go ahead. Hey. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> have you yeah. seen this movie? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, See you next time. Bye. Get help. <laughs>